It's the Locked On Podcast Network, your team every day. Jackson Gatlin here, host of the Monday edition Locked On NBA podcast. Every Monday, I cover the three biggest stories in the NBA with the local experts from Locked On. It's an awesome recap of the weekend of the NBA and a look at what's ahead. Mark your calendars on Monday to join me for Locked On NBA podcast, available on YouTube and wherever you get your podcasts. Hello and welcome to another edition of the Locked On Wizards podcast. Ben Standig here coming to you on a Sunday night. Uh, one, a little over 24 hours since the Wizards won their second game in a row, uh, pretty much handling the Atlanta Hawks and we're less than 24 hours away from the Wizards closing up their four game homestand against the Sacramento Kings, a team that they beat earlier in this season. We'll talk a little bit about what to expect from that game, but we're going to talk more about some uh, things about Scott Brooks. We had a, a few of us had a chance to chat with Scott Brooks the other day, got to talk to him about some nerdy stuff, rotation. Why does he use uh, certain big men at certain times? What has he seen out of Jan Mahimi? Why does he go with the all-bench Lineup and a question I know a lot of you ask: Why not stagger John Wall and Bradley Beal? We were able to talk to Scott Brooks about some of that. We're going to get all to that here on the Locked On Wizards podcast, and of course, you can find all of the podcasts on iTunes or anywhere else you do your podcasting. You got thoughts, questions? Hit me up on Twitter. I'm at Ben Standig. Uh, you can also hit me up email bstandig1 at gmail dot com. I Definitely enjoy feedback from you guys. Obviously, it's uh, helpful to know what what's working for you guys. What are, what are some of the questions uh, you have that we're not getting to? Topics you like, things we talk about. So if you got thoughts, happy to hear them in those uh, in those formats. I, I talked with uh, our friend Todd Dibus after the Atlanta win about that game, and you know the game was a game. The Wizards took down a team that was coming in on a back-to-back, not very good, and handled them with relative <clears throat> with relative ease, even with John Wall not at 100%. This was one of the better bench performances this season. Kelly Oubre had 18 points, but collectively, uh, you know, they were able to hold their own and then some. They opened the fourth quarter with a 10-0 run. And, you know, look, Scott Brooks went with the all-bench lineup, to me, it's not ideal. He went to it. He It worked in this case. Um, but I did get a chance to ask him why that is. And you'll hear uh, Todd Dibison here, Candace Buckner from the Washington Post. The three of us sort of corralled Brooks uh, just to set the scene. On Friday, the Wizards held a Veterans Day event on their practice court. And that's where typically when we talk to Brooks, we're doing it out in the hallway above the practice court, sort of right outside the media room. You know, pretty library quiet, typically. This was not that. It's a little bit noisy in the background. You've got people milling all around the court. Some basketballs are getting shot right right, right by us. But this is where Scott Brooks was. We all started talking, 
And, um, you know, I actually kind of enjoyed, not that I haven't enjoyed the other conversations, this one felt a little less sterile than, than some of the other ones. I think because of the environment and, um, you know, I, I kind of enjoyed the, the line of questioning that we all had here. So, um, let's get into it right now. Scott Brooks starts talking, uh, as I said, about the, uh, some of his choices with the rotation, Jan Mahimi specifically, why he goes all bench and staggering John Wall Bradley Beal. Here is Wizards coach Scott Brooks. I'll come back on the other side to talk a little bit more about this. Well, I'm going to start with a nerdy rotation question uh, and a little bit off of After Tuesday, he said more minutes for Jason. Yeah, he gave him two, right? And then he played 91 seconds because of foul trouble. Is that matchup? Is that situation? Uh, Like I said, I'm still trying to figure it out how to get get him in games. He's given us so many good minutes when he's in. Uh, Practice has been great. Just right now with Keith coming back, it's, I, I, got to, I have to figure out how to how to make it work. It's hard to play everybody, but I, I want to make sure all our minutes are are, are solid. Um, it probably won't be game to game, but there's going to be opportunities where he gets a, a, a good minutes uh, from time to time. And the opposite of that with Otto, I think he started with 15 consecutive minutes, yeah. played the whole first, and then like three and then yeah. start the second. Uh, in an ideal world, how did, is that how you want to bridge the starter to work with? No, I mean, no, I wanted, I wanted, that was, well, Kelly got some, some, uh, foul issues in that first quarter. And then, and Otto was playing, and Otto was playing well. Otto had a, a nice start going, shooting the ball well, and, uh, sticking, sticking to the defensive assignments. I thought Otto was solid both ends of the court. Uh, so, you know, the way it worked out, he got the minutes and well-deserved. To piggyback off that nerdy rotation question, just, we see Jan, and it's like last night, three fouls and five minutes, something like that. But what do you see that keeps you playing well, he gives us uh, he gives us a defensive presence. I know he got the quick quick fouls, and he's had a couple of games like that. Uh, he's still coming back. He hasn't played a lot of basketball in the summer. He, he got his body uh, in great condition uh, through the surgeries he had over the year. But he, he's definitely going to need to continue to to play through it. But I, I like his defensive presence. He gives us that. You know, something that. We have to keep working on, and that's what I'm saying. Jason, Jan, and Michael Scott, and now Keith is coming back. We got some options, and it might be at times game the game that some guys play more than other nights. But I, just, I like Jan's. He gives us a, a strong defensive presence. And, you know, he did it last year when he was playing uh, towards the end of the year. He just hasn't played a lot uh, this year, and he's gotten some foul trouble, but. I have no problem with what he brings to the team. To, to stay with the rotation part then, in Dallas in the second quarter, you had all bench guys in there to start the second quarter. Last last night, you pretty much had a starter on the court the whole game, one way or the other. What's that line for you between going all bench or wanting to have a starter out there? Yeah, I mean, it's it's a fine line. I would like to have I would like to have uh, most nights where the, the guys off the bench can play together and have a good rhythm together and play the right way and, and move the ball and have great pace and, and don't blow in defense assignments for easy buckets. Teams are going to score. There's a lot of good scoring teams, but there's at times that lineup 
gives up layups, back doors, offensive tips, uh, not running back on defense. And it takes one or two guys to do it, and, it, and, it, and it, the entire team suffers from it. Uh, but last night I felt that we needed to uh, integrate um, starters and bench together. Tomorrow night we'll see how the game's going. And to that point, the question that people often ask me and maybe others is the idea of staggering John and Brad. I know you've been asked it before, but 11 games in the year. What are your thoughts on that dynamic? If you prefer keeping them together as much as you can, or do you like it if one of them being on there? Out there? Well, we'd like to keep. You know, I, I know later in the year, last year, as we got into a season, I would try to take out Brad at the four or five minute mark and then put him back in a little earlier and then take John out. It's also the rhythm of the game. They both can handle any pretty consistently 36 minutes and give us great energy and knowing that their their body is going to be able to do it the next night. Um, and at times you can play them 40 minutes. I don't like to do that often. Uh, but you know, there's going to be 12 minutes. I can probably find our bench to play without both of them in the court, but if needs to be, you know, we can you know, maybe cut that down to six minutes, but it's still early in the season for a lot of rotations and figuring out who who's going to be able to stay consistently with what we do. Alright, there's Wizards head coach Scott Brooks answering a bunch of questions that I enjoyed those questions uh, far more than the standard fare of what's the key to the game tonight, that type of thing. And I want to share some thoughts about that. But first, a quick word here from our sponsors. The NBA playoffs are right around the corner. And Locked On NBA is here daily to keep you caught up with all the late season drama. Every Monday, Jackson Gatlin rounds up the three biggest stories around the league, helping to break down the NBA playoffs. Mark your calendars to listen to Locked On NBA every Monday to be up to date. Locked On NBA. Available on YouTube and wherever you get podcasts. Part of the Locked On Podcast Network. Your team every day. All right, so we're back now. I, you know, some interesting thoughts there from Scott Brooks, and I thought some good questions. Uh, as I said, now with regards to the Jason Smith, Yan Mahimi of it all, you heard the question from Todd about how going into the Lakers game, Scott Brooks said he needed to figure out how to get Jason Smith. More involved. If you remember in that Dallas game, to me it seemed like they needed a bolt, a, a jolt of energy. Jason Smith, if nothing else, does that. He Scott Brooks put him in late in the third quarter, start the fourth, and while he was on the court, the Wizards went on a what 14-0 run to get it down to two. Now the lead fell, everything fell apart from there, but it seemed like a reminder that Jason Smith's energy. You know, I don't think we view him as a rim protector, but he can indeed block shots. He's obviously got a, a, a good perimeter touch, but he just hasn't been able to get him in the lineup to some degree. And you know, when, when Brooks uh, said, you know, that, that, that he, you know, he acknowledged he only got him in for a little bit against the Lakers. Well, that's way more than he got in against Atlanta. He was the only guy to not play. Now it became a point where the game was out of hand, and Brooks just obviously went with the sort of the deeper bench guys. Regardless, he didn't play. Jan Mahimi did play in 15 minutes. Jan Mahimi had. Six points, he had zero rebounds, and he had four turnovers. Um, you know, you can't have four turnovers. If John Wall has four turnovers as much as he handles the ball or Bradley Beal, 
okay, I can sort of get that. Tim Frazier had five in 24 minutes. That's obviously way too much. But again, at the, as the point guard, you're going to have the ball. You can expect elevated turnovers. A big man who's not an offensive threat, that, that, that's too much. But even beyond that, it's just been a disappointing start to say the least for Mahimi. I pointed out to you guys a lot, um, end of last season and during the offseason that when Mahimi was able to play that 25 game stretch in the second half of the year, the bench went from one of the worst in the league from a net rating perspective to just out, just around top 10 net rating. And of course, yes, there were other factors. Bojan Bogdanovic came in, Brandon Jennings, but I do think Mahimi's presence was there. It isn't there now. He's looking, he's not, forget that he's not scoring. If Yama Mahimi never scored a point for the Wizards, it's not necessarily the worst case. It's not the worst, uh, it's not the worst thing. Rebound and defense. This is why he was brought in. Again, I, I, I hate to be a broken record, but forget about the overpay. We're just simply talking about basic production. He's not providing that. Now the Wizards are right now, they're seven and five. That's 12 games, which means there's 70 to go. You can't take Jan Mahimi, put him on the bench, put Jay, give those minutes to Jason Smith and call it a day. You can't do that for a few reasons. One, you, you did make this investment. I, you know, I, I try not to be one of those people who think, well, if you pay the money to person X, you have to play person X over person, even if person Y is showing to be interesting or better, or maybe just simply, um, maybe not better, but like, you know, why not that guy? You, you have to see, right or wrong, the Wizards made an investment in Mahimi. Even if it's their goal at this point is to trade him, you can't, you're going to get, I mean, it's going to be hard enough to do it already considering he's going to make, over the next three years, in essence, $48 million, including this season. Uh, that's going to be hard to deal regardless, but it's going to be next to impossible if he can't show to do anything. He needs to be, he needs to show some team out there that he can be helpful in some way, shape, or form. Even if it's a rebuilding team to show, hey, this guy can help be one of those role model types. So similar to when the Wizards brought in a, a Nene. I'm not saying he's as good as Nene as a talent, but part of the appeal for Nene was, hey, this guy has been a, around this league. He can sort of help set an example for what we want to get done here. Well, you're not, it's not going to happen when he's not playing, but the reality is Mahimi has been so bad, it's hard to justify keeping him on the court. Uh, I do think Brooks needs to figure out a way to get Jason Smith. I think maybe you just simply have to make a decision before the game starts. This is the game Jason Smith is going to play. If it's at the expense of Mahimi or the expense of Mike Scott uh, or, or, or something else somehow it comes up, then it then it is what it is. But I think you have to try to get Jason Smith involved. The good thing is Jason Smith is, you know, the epitome of a good soldier. He's got a good attitude. Um, you know, he's, everybody notices he's the first guy off the bench when the team is coming off the court for a timeout to, to give a high five, offer encouragement, what have you. Um, and whenever he comes in, he seems ready and to go and engage. And that's all good. But Mahimi has got to, they've got to get him going. Like I said, forget whether he's ever going to be worth 16 million a year. Pretty clear that's not going to happen. But he's got to be some level of productive. You know, we used to talk about Kevin Serafin and how frustrated he could be. Hey, look, compared to that, at least Kevin Serafin had those games where he scored 14 points and, and did maybe had 10 in the fourth quarter or, or, or whatever. 
Mahimi's not doing that, even from his perspective of the rebounding and defense. That's got to change. So it's going to be an interesting line for Brooks. I, I think I mentioned this the other day that with regards to using statistics and saying, okay, how many games into a year can we really, do we have to wait to really start getting a true sense of this team? And I think the general answer seems to be about 20. But, you know, I, I, I think when, in terms of Mahimi, I think that's a fair um, mark as well. I mean, it's they're seven and five, so you've got eight games left. I'm not saying in eight games, sit them on the bench and that's it. I'm just saying let's not completely judge everything at the moment. Let's see where things progress. Uh, let's give them that 20 games per se, but it's going to have to be a lot better for this team to um, to improve. Now, to to carry this over to some of those other questions we were all having with regards to the rotation, why why go all bench, for example? Again, Scott Brooks in the Dallas game, he started the second quarter with all bench players. The Wizards went from being right there to immediately being down double figures. Dallas largely kept that lead. Um, well, they, they did keep the lead. The Wizards never led, but Dallas kept a comfortable margin until early, until early in the fourth quarter when the Wizards got it to two, but then they uh, couldn't get over uh, the top. But against the Lakers, he essentially kept a starter out on the court the whole time. Uh, Otto Porter was a bridge, Bradley Beal, etc. But against Atlanta, he went back to that all-bench lineup. And you heard some of his thoughts there as to why. And, you know, he, he's still trying to figure it out. But I go back to my point with Mahimi. And this applies to Mahimi. It applies to Tim Frazier. It applies to Jody Meeks. There's no disrespect to those guys. You're simply going to play better when you have better players on the court. But more to the point... If you want Mahimi in the position to be a rebounder and defender, help put somebody else on the court that can sort of keep him in that role. Um, Otto Porter or certainly Wallen Beal can, can, can do that. You want Tim Frazier in, dist- in distributor mode? Great. Put out another player on the court that requires, if not a true double team, requires everybody to sort of be cognizant of where they are. That should help in theory open the court for Frazier to do other things. If, uh, you know, again, Beal or Otto Porter on the court, you know, and you're the defense, you're going to slide extra coverage one way or the other. You're going to do it toward those guys more so than Jody Meeks and so on. So, um, you know, and if Oubre is sort of, I'm not saying he's, the, all, he's there by any stretch, but if, you know, if you sort of look at Oubre as a potential, you know, if they have five starters and he's sort of the sixth Beatle, you know, you count him as a, as a, as a co, as a, as a semi-starter, and you have one other guy on the court, that gives you at least two guys that you feel you know, reasonable about. It just, has, it just continually looks better in, in that way. Um, so I don't know. It's, it's a little confusing to me why Brooks doesn't want to go with, um, one guy out on the court, one starter out on the court at all times. Again, it'll be easier when Marquise Morris is all the way back. And, uh, you know, he did for the most part last year, you know, keep Morris out there with the second unit. Um, I don't know. We'll, we'll see what he does. Uh, I guess my thing to watch here on some level is, does Scott Brooks just continue to sort of go off of instinct or does he actually, or does he develop a true rotation um, that, that that seems pretty consistent that we can kind of, you know, all almost treat like, you know, <clears throat> you know, like a day planner. Oh, at the four minute mark. Bradley Beal's going to sit, and uh, Jody Meeks is going to come in, and when we start the second quarter, Bradley Beal will be out there 
with Kelly Oubre, Tim Frazier, Jody Meeks, and, um, you know, Mahimi to, uh, you know, get things going. Whatever the situation is, I'll be very curious to see if we ever get a, 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 a true rotation out of Brooks, something relatively consistent, and most of all, does he eventually go with a starter out of the court? I'm not convinced that that's happening. Seems to me that that's a good, good way to go, but, um, we will see what Scott Brooks has in mind on that front. Um, all right. Before we get to the, uh, talk about the Sacramento Kings, let's take another quick break here for our sponsor. The NBA playoffs are right around the corner and locked on NBA is here daily to keep you caught up with all the late season drama. Every Monday, Jackson Gatlin rounds up the three biggest stories around the league, helping to break down the NBA playoffs. Mark your calendars to listen to Locked On NBA every Monday to be up to date. Locked On NBA, available on YouTube and wherever you get podcasts. Part of the Locked On Podcast Network, your team every day. All right, so let's get to the Sacramento Kings as you probably recall the Wizards beat the Kings already this year uh 11083 on October 29th ironically it wrapped up the Wizards West Coast trip this game wraps up this four game homestand now the Wizards you know again I probably do this myself we we sort of making it sound like they're not very well. The Wizards are seven and five. A lot better than Sacramento's three and nine. And Sacramento had only one win until last week when they won two in a row before falling, uh, to the New York Knicks on Saturday. Uh, Chris Apps Porzingis had 34 points. Uh, Knicks won a big run right before the end of the first half to essentially put that game away. Sacramento starters did absolutely nothing. Uh, Scalabissier had 19 points off the bench. Buddy Heald had 17 off the bench. Um, but their starters, none of their starters reached, uh, reached double figures. So, you know, we've talked about this now all week. This is a great opportunity for the Wizards to get right, to get things going. And, you know, I, I agree 100% with Markeith Morris when after the Atlanta game, he said, no disrespect to the Lakers in Atlanta. But, you know, we can't say we're all the way back until we get a, you know, start playing some of the better teams. Okay. Well, that's not going to happen son, uh, on Monday against the Kings. And I mean, look, you look at the Kings roster. <coughs> Excuse me. Zach Randolph, their leading scorer. Zach Randolph has been a, a hell of a player in his career, but this is the end. This is towards the end of it. He's only averaging 12.8 points per game. Buddy healed second to 12.3, but he's, he's shooting less than 40. Well, I take it back. He's shooting 42% from the field, 39% from three. The rookie point guard, De'Aaron Fox, 11.9 points a game, but he's 40% from the field, shooting uh, 18% on three. His old uh, friend, Garrett Temple, he is part, he's been part of the starting lineup uh, recently as well. We, we know what Temple's going to provide, uh, the you know some of the intangibles the defense uh, can hit a triple and uh, you know help stabilize things but this simply is not a ton of offensive weapons on this team at all if the wizards can you know execute particularly get out of the fast break get stops turn those stops into uh, fast break opportunities push the pace and score you know it's just hard to see how sacramento uh, keeps up if the wizards screw around 
like they have in these some of these other games against teams with a profile like Sacramento. They certainly did against the Lakers and Phoenix and Denver and and um and Dallas. Then hey, then, then anything is up for grabs and and they could go down. Again, uh, I don't even want to think about it. If the Wizards win this and they go finish three and one on the road trip, because these teams are so bad, I almost don't want to give them the 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 uh, the pass by saying, well, you know, three and one, you take that. But okay, ultimately, I will sort of say, look at a big picture, three and one is, you know, you do that on a four game homestand, you know, you generally generally are going to take that. So hopefully that would be a good sign for the Wizards. Uh, you know, let's see if they can get get it done defensively as well. They held the Lakers uh, and Hawks, you know, in insignificant in check uh, defensively here. The Lakers shot 36% from the field. Atlanta hit only 41%. They also had 24 turnovers, and the Wizards turned those into 39 uh, points. So, you know, good opportunity again for the Wizards to keep keep getting some momentum going. Good opportunity for Scott Brooks to test out his rotation. Good opportunity for Scott Brooks to see if he can get Jason Smith in the lineup and not just in potential garbage time, but in real minutes. And also another opportunity to see what does Jan, what does Jan Mahimi do out there? I almost said Jan Vesely. It really is sort of crazy that, you know, I, 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 I'm going to hold off in, in, in saying that Mahimi's contract is going to go down as, you know, one of the worst ones for the Wizards, uh, of all time or anything like that, just because, you know, it's still relatively early in his life here, but boy, uh, it would be good to, to see, get some momentum going here. Oh, I was going to say, it, but if it was that case with Mahimi and then you have Jan Vesely, that would be crazy that two guys who are going to, who would potentially go down as two of your bigger, uh, busts would both be named Jan is bizarre. But again, I'm not putting Mahimi in that category yet. They need to get him right. It doesn't do us any good or it doesn't do the wizards any good to bury Mahimi at this point. They need to get him right, whether it's for them or whether they can justify making a trade to somebody else. Uh, I will say I'm down with the with the notion of Mahimi and a first-round pick to Phoenix for Greg Monroe. Hate the fact that Monroe would be a free agent. It would be the exact same situation as the Bogdanovich deal, meaning uh, but the Boyan Bogdanovich deal, give up a first to, to dump a bad contract to get a guy who's a free agent at the end of the year. Don't like that aspect of it all, but... If you can make it sooner than later, if you actually could pull this off, and uh, uh, I think for the salaries, generally speaking, match, I don't know if there's any complications with Monroe since they just acquired him uh, in, in the deal with Milwaukee. That's the type of deal I would at least consider. I don't know if Phoenix would bother with it, though. Mahimi's got two more years left. Monroe is done after this year. They would get the extra first. We'll see. Anyway, that is going off the deep end. It's almost, I almost need to put my tinfoil hat on to keep going down that route. We'll just stick with the basics. Scott Brooks' rotation. Can the Wizards have a third straight game uh, of good defense against a bad team? Uh, do, do that, win this game handily. You start a stretch where then you have a back to back, home and home with Miami before going on the road for 10 or 12 games. That's why this game is important. T- take advantage of the ones you can at home and you'll figure out how things go from there. All right, let's uh, end it there. Thank you guys all for listening per usual. Uh, Wizards back home Monday night. We'll do a podcast after that game. Ben Standing signing off for now. And until next time, see ya. Deal gets open for three. Dagger!
Hey Prime members, you can listen to this Locked On podcast ad-free on Amazon Music. Download the Amazon Music app today.